Every Thursday, Andy Griffin sits down and hashes it out with the mayors of Southern Utah. What's going on in your town? Find out now. It's Mayor Thursday on News Radio 94.9, 890 KDXU. Good morning, everybody. We're live from Hatch House of Go-Go. It's Halloween. And uh, honestly, I didn't really have time to look around on my speeding across town, not speeding, my hurrying across town to see uh, many costumes. But I imagine a lot of folks are are dressed up and uh, excited for the occasion. My daughter, who works here uh, in the evening, she was going to dress up for school. And I think she was going to change and put a different costume on. For her shift tonight at Hash House of Go-Go. So, uh, but happy Halloween, everyone. We've got Mayor John Pike with us. Mayor, how are you today? I'm doing great. <clears throat> yeah, I had to be in Salt Lake yesterday all day, and I didn't get home until 11.30 last night on the late flight. Uh, I, was, I was on uh, my day job business yesterday. Oh, okay. And, uh, but I had a, a, you know, nice visit up there. But, man, it's always good to get home, especially when up there the high was like 31 yesterday. And so even though it's been cold here, colder there, and I'm really glad that we're looking at, you know, 60s and, and uh, high 60s here this weekend. Should be at least uh, a little better uh, trick-or-treating tonight for the kids and, and those that uh, go with them, so uh, I'm excited for a, for a nice Halloween. It's always fun, you know, I mean, it's one of those holidays I probably don't take it as seriously as but some people do. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I look around my neighborhood, there are far more people that decorate for Halloween than you used to, you know, and so, um, <clears throat> but we enjoy it, I'll enjoy giving out, uh, uh, you know, treats to trick-or-treaters tonight. As far as retail sales go, Halloween is actually number two in uh, national holidays uh, of, of any of any holiday, uh, Christmas number one, of course, but Halloween has uh, moved up to number two. Uh, it used to just be candy, you buy some candy, give, you know, maybe, maybe occasional costumes, but now you've got decoration. We have one uh, one yard in our neighborhood. They've got like twenty five foot blow up monsters and ghosts and yeah. things like that, and they're not kidding around. They're not. Yeah, I've seen some pretty cool <laughs> displays. So yeah, I, it's it's fun. You remember when when you were a kid? At least when I was, you know, we had the parade, you know, the, around the school and stuff, and, yeah. and those are fun traditions. They did that when you were a kid. Yeah, really? Because I don't. Yeah, I don't we remember doing. We all dressed up at school and we paraded around. <laughs> and the parents would come, and they and we did it in our school. We did it inside, and we go through the different classrooms and lunchroom and stuff. <laughs> the school down here, at least Bloomington Elementary, where my kids went, they did it outside. <clears throat> the parents would come and watch, and they'd kind of go through a route on the on the field, and, and uh, that was you know a way you could show off your your, uh, your costume. So anyway, those are those are fun traditions and. You know, I, I don't know. I think it might be that uh, Halloween is second only to Christmas for those kids. Kids love Halloween. Yeah, yeah, true. At least mine Usually kids are allowed to gorge themselves on as much candy as they can eat on, on Halloween. We try to control that a little bit with our kids. And I, I make them put their candy in a pile, and they got to pick up their fine favorite things and kind of dole them out. Yeah. Uh, I was talking with Dave Heaton from the Southwest Public Health Department. And he was telling me, he said, it's actually better to have the parents, you let their kids have their one cheat day, not let them have all the candy they want one day, and then kind of put it away and get rid of the rest of it. And instead of doing like I did, we were doling out a little bit a day, and he said, actually, it's fine, better just to get it over. Yeah, yeah. 
I don't know. All right, we've uh, we've got the callers on the line already. Uh, we're with Mayor John Pike. It's uh, Mayor Thursday at Hash House of Gogo. Let's go to line one. I believe Steph. Uh, good morning, Mr. Mayor and Andy. Yeah, yeah how are you, Seth? Good. Uh, when was the last time Mr. Mayor uh, ran for office? Well, about two years ago. About uh, two years ago. Do you remember? I'm running in 17, yep. Okay. Um, and do you remember appearing on the radio for an hour? Um, well, I'm, I'm, I don't know if I remember specifically, but, yeah, I, I mean, every candidate I know got at least a half an hour. I don't remember it being an hour, but I remember getting every candidate getting some time. Okay. Um but uh, I understand uh, in a half hour or 15 or 20 minutes where the public could call in, I, I'm just wondering, uh, the mayor only votes on a tie uh, uh, as a tiebreaker. Is that true? That's true. Okay. So if that's the case, then the uh, people that are running for city council, they vote on every item, right? That's right. Okay. I would just want to suggest that the public get a chance to speak to the, each of the uh, people for city council because they're going to be casting votes on each one, and we need a chance to ask them some specific questions and get ideas about how uh, they would like to uh, exercise their uh, elected um, duties. I'm and, and so, where I'm only giving them six minutes. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, no, well, I, I get that. Although I would, I would say this: I, I certainly, as a candidate, made myself available at multiple events, forums. Um, I actually did my own events as well as ones that were combined events, um, and went around to various uh, homes uh, in all the, the different areas of the city, um, and, and then also, of course, they have a website, they have emails. I got a lot of messages during my time, and I put out my cell phone, actually. So I would—I I think there's more than one way to to talk to candidates, and and we really should. I mean, your point is a good one, Seth. Is uh, you know, the city council really is the legislative body for the city. Uh, the mayor is is uh, the chair of that, if you will, and and conducts meetings. And the mayor really, if, if he or she—I said this in the previous hour—if he or she's worth is is waiting dirt or salt or whatever, they're going to set together the agenda of the city and the vision. But um, but really, that's the only maybe power that the mayor has is kind of the, uh, the power to help set the agenda and guide the vision of the city in the direction. But even that is with the five members, in our case, of the city council, and, and we do that together. And, and it doesn't mean we always agree, um, but we, we have, a, I would say, a common vision. So, yeah, reach out to your city council members. Every one of them has posted information, including contact information. And I hope people, if they haven't cast their votes already, uh, I hope they, and by the way, you got to do that by Tuesday. And if you mail them, you got to do it by Monday. Yeah. So uh, please, you know, reach out to them and, and ask, get your questions answered, whether it's on Facebook or uh, their website or email or in person. I know several that have posted their cell phones. As they've uh, as they've posted uh, ads, so 
and, and we did have a candidate forum a couple of weeks ago. It was unfortunately it was poorly attended. That's right. They usually that, are. Yeah. The the one idea I went to in Washington City had about two two to three times more people added than the St. George forum, which was kind of disappointing, obviously, yep. for St. George people. Yep. Uh, and maybe it wasn't publicized enough. I don't know. And that is part of the problem. <clears throat> um, I mean, I didn't know when it was until it was happening, and I already had something that night. But, yeah. but um, I'm, I'm with you. It's typically uh, there have been fewer and fewer people going back to events. Some of that you might say, well, maybe that means people are overall pleased with things. Good. But I do think it's important to, you know, ask questions of these folks. Uh, they can't discuss discuss much in a quick ad, you know. And in a radio ad, they're 30 seconds, usually maybe a minute. You can't say much. So it is great if, if we contact them individually. And I'm, I'm telling you, they will engage. Uh, and anyone that's that's worth having on the city council will engage with you. And we do have tomorrow uh, six to seven six to seven minutes each for all the city council candidates. There's three spots, uh, six candidates that, that have been narrowed down from the primaries. And uh, I, I feel like I put together a list of questions we're going to ask them. And obviously, I can't represent every human, but I feel like the questions are pretty wide ranging, and we'll get a pretty good opinion uh, from each of the candidates. In fact, one of them uh, I actually have already recorded. It was, it was pre-recorded. I couldn't be there tomorrow. The other five will be live. Uh, during the show tomorrow, the show. Well, that's good. That's good. And again, that's uh, I think that's a good service done by uh, Cherry Creek, and you know there are other ways you can engage with them. And I again do it quickly because I'm I'm going to drop off my ballot to the county uh, drop box today. Sorry. Yep. You're not going to listen to the show tomorrow and then decide. You know what? I think I've decided. <laughs> okay. Well, I, I know I'm actually friends of mine who said I'm going to listen tomorrow and I'm going to vote since shows over tomorrow once I hear from each candidate. Yep, and that's great. Well, I, let me just suggest that all across the, our country we say the local politics is the most important, and so I hope people uh, are going to carefully select people who will, in fact, have the most impact on our lives. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, good well point, Seth. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Thank right. you. Let's go to line two. Caller on with Andy with Mayor John Pike. How are you today? Morning. Morning. What's what's on your mind today? Well, I hope you guys keep doing this hash hash a go go thing because the uh, I think I can speak for all of St. George that uh, the sound quality is perfect. Yeah, no feedback huh. whatsoever. No crashing or breaking of glass in the background. We've got 100% <laughs> audio here. Yay! That's good to hear because we've had some issues the last couple of weeks. And I also think I speak for all St. George when I say I hope our taxes go up because we have, uh, we, uh, heaven knows, we have a lot of things that need to get paid for, um, you know, whether it's... It sounds it, like you're being what, just a little bit facetious. Oh, maybe a little. Maybe. But like maybe. I said, like I said, me and the rest of the concerned St. Georgians, we want to make sure that our, you know, taxes go towards paying for the water, you know, the water that's coming out of the sprinklers while the ground is freezing, as well as all the other future uh, projects that are going to need to be repaired and and all the other projects that still need to be paid for, so... Just wanted to throw that out there. Okay. Well, thanks for the phone call. I appreciate that. I, interesting call. Um, 
I didn't hear a question, but, but no, there wasn't. But yeah, I think uh, um, I think actually we're, we do a pretty good job. We, we run pretty lean. Uh, you know, our property tax uh, taxes haven't gone up uh, uh, in terms of our general the fund uh, types of uh, property tax uses uh, in more than 30 years. Huh? The, the, we did have a bond that was approved in 1996. I was here to to vote for or against that bond. I voted for it. That was an $18 million recreation bond. Uh, but other than that, we have not modified tax uh, uh, property taxes in that long. And so we we mostly uh, live uh, live and or die on uh, sales tax. And that's why you know there there is some benefit to having a city and an area that has as much tourism and attraction to, uh, you know, national parks and, and climbing and biking and walking and riding and cycling uh, as we do. That, that, that helps us a lot. And then, you know, on the heels of that, it's why we're working hard to try to encourage um, uh, more development of our tech and biotech industries. And, and you know, uh, how do we do that? The main way we do it is by instead of just selling uh, the old airport side up on Tech Ridge, as we call it now, instead of just selling and making it homes, we are trying to put it to work for the citizens of St. George area by uh, developing it as a tech hub. And mm-hmm. so it will take a little longer to develop that way and to pay off, but when it pays off, it's going to pay off in the form of higher wage jobs. And so we're already starting to see that happen with Dixie Technical College locating up there. Um, they've got 30 acres, and right next to them, or almost next to them, you'll see going up now, Andy and Callers, uh, Printer Logic's new building, which is one of our local, sell, or, uh, started locally and growing, doing very well. Printer Logic, uh, one of our tech companies. So cool. uh, excited to see that go vertical here in the last week or two, and, and uh, there will be another building uh, not far behind that and some other fun things that will go along with that to help really establish that as its own little um, ecosystem, if you will, and part of our city. So uh, anyway, those hopefully those things help to minimize uh, the taxes that we have to, uh, to enact and that uh, we share that, if you will, with those that come visit our great place and, and that we make it and keep it a good place to live. We do want to preserve our quality of life along the way. I was fascinated. John was just on the Jeremy Larkin's show just right. before this one, and we're talking a little bit about master plan and uh, high high density uh, housing. Yeah. And I, I was fascinated to to learn as you were talking about it that you tried to move uh, move it around, around, spread it around. It around that's a word. Try to spread it around a little bit. Um, can you maybe expand on that and talk about your reasoning as to why and where when it comes to high density housing? Yeah, you know, one of the things that you know. I think we've learned from other cities is if you put too much all in one place, you, you tend to have more problems. You tend to have more uh, problems. You know, if you go too high dense, especially if you're going, you know, let's just say, you know, a 10-story apartment building, that's going to have a lot of units. Um, and while in a big city, maybe they can handle that, um, and, it, and it all depends on how it's done. In our city, I think we're smart to spread it around, and not just not just uh, apartments, but townhomes, condominiums, um, uh, twin homes, smaller homes, smaller footprint, you know, lots and everything. Mm-hmm. I think if you kind of 
we call that a traditional neighborhood zone where you could have multiple types of housing in the same neighborhood. That's how they used to do things. I think it makes for a better, more, um, a, good, a better mix of neighborhood. Uh, in other words, you know, you might want to start out as a, you know, as a young couple, let's just say, or a young single person, for that matter, in an apartment. That may be all you need. It may be all you want. It may be all you can afford. Right. But you could theoretically stay fairly nearby and move to a little bigger place mm-hmm. uh, when you need to, when you right. can. And you might even spend your whole life in the same, you know, square mile block uh, or square mile by, by just moving to the housing unit type you need. And in some places, that doesn't work because they put all the nice single-family homes, the big ones, in one area. Right. No apartments, no townhomes, no condominiums, no no small homes even. Right. Well, you know, you can do some of that, but if you do too much of that, that's when you have your exclusive areas and and then nobody, you know, in any other economic, you know, uh, uh, category nearby. I think you want to spread things around. It, 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 it creates more homogeneous uh, community, and it's not a haves versus have-nots. It's, it's everyone, part of the community, working together to, to have St. George be an awesome place. I like it. I like it. All right, let's, uh, let's go back to the phone lines. Uh, before we go to weather, let's take one more call. Call her on with Mayor John Pike on Hash House Mayor Thursday. And is that me? Yeah, that's you. Okay. Hey, uh, I'm, I'm not so sure I agree with your last caller on the, the, the tax thing, but um, <laughs> yeah. anyway, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm not so eager to just raise taxes like he wants to do. But anyway, uh, my question is, uh, I guess they're having some kind of a half marathon this weekend. Is that going to totally close down 18? Um, I, I noticed there was a sign that said, Delays from 6 a.m. to 11 a.m. Is that going to totally shut that down, like the marathon, or no? Um, you're, you're saying Ironman? No, there's a half marathon. Oh, the half marathon. Yeah. Um, well, I don't know the details of it. Um, typically, uh, half marathon. First of all, obviously, it runs a lot faster. You know, a lot less time, I should say. And so, if, if it's a, I don't know that it would be a total closure. You know, they're, uh, whatever the sign says, I haven't seen that sign. Don't know the details, but uh, we can certainly dig into that if you'd like and, and get some more information. I, I'm just not sure. Yeah. But I do know that it's that it takes a lot less time, and they usually won't close a whole road down unless they have to. So they'll close okay, well, a lane that, down that, or something. All right. Well, that okay. That really didn't answer my question, but okay. Well, that's what I said. I don't know the details. If you'd like to. Though I'll be happy to email you back if you want to email me and ask me the specific question. I can ask the uh, our feature services department, and they can let me know the specifics of it. Yeah, I, I just okay. Specifics. And then the uh, the the property tax. I live in the county, so is that a separate tax structure than like St. George City, where you're talking about? Because you said. That property taxes haven't gone up in the last 30 years. Mine's gone up probably every year for the last three or four years. Um, not not imposed by the county. It hasn't. Maybe school, you know, it, it all depends on your values, your property values. I'm not saying that that doesn't get affected. 
that could change. Well, yeah, every, everybody's values have gone up. I mean, that's. Yeah, but if you notice still, there, if, go pull out the last 10 years. I'll bet they haven't changed very significantly because even that they try to smooth out pretty well. Um, and, and same with us. Uh, what has happened is the, the school district, they do what's called truth and taxation, and they have increased uh, their percentage that they get um, for the last few years. The water district has done that a couple of times. The city has not done that since 1996, and that was for recreation that had to be passed by the voters. So it well, was and yeah, let's, if you dissect it, that that that's kind of a stretch to say. Well, taxes haven't gone up in 30 years because no, no, well, they, they no I didn't say that. I said we haven't increased them, and they, they there is a formula, of course, that the state sets, and and that is it's different here than some other states. And in some ways it's better, in some ways it's worse. But it essentially tries to, you know, uh, keep them, um, as, as, you know, close to market as, as possible. And if, if anything, a little bit lower than market, especially for your primary home. Like call it 60, they, they tax you on 60% of the value of your home. So, so yes, at the market. Well, yeah, that's, up, that's a normal tax formula. I mean, they're always going to, you know, go within a certain value, range of the value, because if they taxed it at full-blown retail, people would be moving because they couldn't afford their, their property tax. Yeah, we'd be in trouble. What I can tell you yeah. is from our last show, you know, go to Nebraska, just just look at another state and see what their property taxes are. Some are lower, some are higher. But, you know, I decided in the last show just before this, you know, Nebraska, someone was coming to buy a property here, and they said it was roughly twice what the property taxes were here in Utah. So we really do a lot more here locally with um, with income tax and, and sales tax. Those are our two uh, bigger sources of revenue. And so, so yes, do taxes go up? They, they do uh, in one way or another. They have gone up, uh, and especially property taxes with the valuation, you know, increases uh, and decreases. Uh, so it just, it, but, but really, in terms of tap increasing the rates, that you don't see happen very much in, in our county, certainly. All right, thanks for the call. We've got to get a weather break in. This is a Mayor Thursday at Hash House of Go-Go with Mayor John Pike from St. George City. We'll be right back. Live from the Hash House of Go-Go, here's Andy Griffin. Welcome back. We're at Hash House of Go-Go. Andy Griffin with Mayor John Pike. If you have a question for the mayor, please call 673-5890 is the phone number, 673-5890. As I tweak and adjust the uh, settings on the uh, equipment here to see if we can get the best sound quality possible. Uh, it's weird. We had great quality until about three weeks ago, and then uh, for whatever reason, something's gone wrong. But hopefully you can hear us, and you can hear us all right uh, I appreciate Mayor Pike joining me today. Mayor John Pike's always a, a heck of a guy, and like him or don't like. I guess there are people out there that don't like you, John. But, oh yeah, but uh, you, you seem like a really, really nice guy. Well, you know, we try, and that's you know, as we said in the previous uh, half hour, I guess uh, we. This is a great community. There's so many wonderful people, and that's why it's frankly it's a pleasure to get to do this and work together to try to. Because uh, that's what we're all trying to do is make sure we uh, maintain our quality of life and have a, a great and even a greater place to live, work, play, all that, those things that we talk about. So, anyway, great place to be and uh, love it. Love, uh, love uh, working together with people. 
Let's go back to the phone lines. We've got uh, several people on hold, so we'll get right to them. Caller, you're on with Mayor John Pike. And, Andy, how are you today? Doing great. Uh, a couple of years ago, Mayor Pike, you said that you were going to add a, a uh, second access up to Dixie uh, Tech Ridge, where the, where the Dixie right. Tech College is. What's the current status of that, and where are we getting with that? Well, um, we're, uh, there will be three accesses, actually two new ones, one on the southwest and one on the southeast side. So the one on the southwest will go down to Indian Hills uh, Drive, and that one, I'm not sure which one's going to be faster, but probably that one will be faster. Uh, it's already designed. Um, it's um, uh, some of the early grading has started down on the lower end, but I mean, like a little switchback off yes, the hill, kind of. Yeah, it's got to, You know, we have some, of course, hillside, you know, uh, slopes issues that we want to. We just don't go straight up and kind right. of ruin the hillside. So yeah, it'll kind of go along where there's already kind of a natural place um, uh, to disturb as little as possible. So um, I would hope. You know, it's taken a little longer than I had thought. Uh, for that to get designed, and and actually, it's been the deal is it's being built uh, by Tech Ridge LLC, so that's the company that's agreed to purchase uh, all of the top of the old you know airport Mesa, and so there that's part of the purchase price of the property is they design and build the road. Mm. So so it's actually, um, and then we by the way when we did that we made sure it was within appropriate cost you know. Uh, uh, cost figures if we were to do it, you know, we would right. it down separately. So that um, will probably be, I can't remember uh, if, if there's actually a time during when it starts, but it should be starting here in the next couple of months. Uh, and then on the west, or sorry, the east side, it will go down and tie into Black Ridge Drive, at that light uh, just up from Bluff Street. It'll tie in there. And that one, we've got a little bit more work to do. We have the same issues there. We have soils issues and hillside issues. That one, we um, we are still going through the process to uh, secure some of the property that we go through, uh, that we need to go through. Most of it is ours, but there's at least uh, uh, one or two property owners that we are still working with. So, so that one might take a little longer, or it might not. It just kind of depends. I would say that both of them, both of those accesses should be built within, let's just say, the next year. Oh, wow. Completed. Well, that's pretty quick, actually. Yeah. Do you have to do on these types of things, do you have to do an environmental impact study or anything like that on those? Um, you know, I, I don't I don't think so. I mean, there's some things you've got to do that tie to, you know, you do with every project that tie to stormwater impacts and stuff like that. Uh, but I don't think in this location, or because we're not crossing a you know a river, street, or something um, uh, sensitive lands, I don't think we have anything we have to do through the feds. I think it's more just uh, our own regular things. And like I say, stormwater is always an issue. You always have to protect uh, from runoff when you're, when you're impacting uh, any site. So there is that, and that's kind of at the state level that we have to comply with. So, but other than that, it's it's routine, you know. And and, and like I say, uh, it's, it's tricky because of the soils, but um, but we have some of that almost every project we have, and so we're getting better at making sure we accommodate. 
So you're saying there might be some blue clay in there? There's a blue clay on the, on the west side. And on the east side, uh, think about it, just up the street, we've had some problems. With, really, that is a, it's a landslide. You remember where the old, uh, uh, there was a hotel that was torn down, and then and then right right there by Pier, Pier what is it, 39 or 49, I think. Yeah. But then there was the old, uh, yeah, the old uh, uh, DQ that moved, you remember? The right, Dairy right. Queen. Uh, and above that, some, some condos really kind of were, you know, yeah. moving. so they're moving. And so everything that we build along that bluff, we've got to be very careful with. You almost plan on it moving, and you've got to build it accordingly. Mm. You've got to keep your water managed, yeah. make sure that the water, you know, doesn't pool and, and you know, cause problems underneath what you're building, including your road. So those are the things that we're accounting for. And the good thing is we know about it. The engineers are accounting for it. Smart people. Yeah, smart people. Me too. All right, let's go back to the phone lines. Caller, you're on with Andy with Mayor John Pike. How are you today? I'm good. How are you this morning? Good. What's on your mind? Well, just a couple of questions. Uh, One uh, is just a follow-up to what you've been talking about, and that is where do you guys draw the line between city development and private uh, the private sector doing it. I just, it doesn't seem to me that that ought to be something that the city does, but it seems that it ought to be something that the private sector does. And what, what do you mean? Sec- what, what do you mean? Sorry. Well, what, what, why is the, what specifically? Why is the, city, why is the city and tax dollar money being invested into development? Um, that seems to me that it should be a private industry thing. Uh, not a city thing. In other words, when that airport property was abandoned, uh, when the new airport was built, the uh, (coughs) assumption that I think most of us had was that that property was going to be sold. In fact, it was on the market for quite a while. There was a developer that was going to purchase it and backed out, and now it seems like the city is the one wanting to just do the development up there. And I... I just question as to why and if that's really in the best interest of the citizens of St. George. Sorry, yeah, we're not doing the development. Um, it's really kind of the opposite. Um, we are not developers. Uh, what, what we do, though, is we do plan for and uh, contract with the private. Usually it's private. Sometimes we do our own uh, to put in infrastructure, and we collect impact fees from the new uh, landowners and developers that help pay for the roads, and they help pay for them also uh, as they develop the property that adjoins a road. So typically what we pay for is, if you will, the center of the road and the water, power, sewer lines, for example, that go under that road. And those are paid for, even that, they're paid for by impact fees from the developer. So while we may be one designing it and, and sometimes building it, although sometimes they put it in. It just depends on the situation. Uh, uh, it depends on who's driving the growth and when. You know, sometimes we need a road done, so we'll put the you know, center part of the road in, and then we look to the developers on each side of the road when they develop to put in the rest of the road and the curb and down the sidewalk. So I think actually you and I might agree we're probably saying the same thing uh, because really... Uh, our developers and property owners do pay for 
the majority of the, uh, uh, the roads and the infrastructure through those impact fees and, and they're just costs of development. Okay, well, okay. I appreciate that. I think, I think that maybe that would be good to get out there to make that more clear with the populace because I know I've totally sounds like misunderstood that, and so some clarification might do the city well. The other question yeah. that I had, if I can just real quick, is term limits. Sure. It seems uh -huh. that nationally we're pushing for term limits. Can you just comment about what your feelings and thoughts are? I've been in St. George since 1990, and in that time, We've had two mayors, and that just seems like that we need to get more people involved, and uh, maybe term limits would be a way to do that. Yeah, um, I, I certainly have some thoughts on it. Um, you know, you've actually had three mayors since 1990, because uh, Mayor Mayor Brooks was in in 1990, and then Mayor uh, MacArthur was elected in 90. Uh, it was either 93 or 95. Started in in an uh, elected in an odd year and started in an even year. I think it was uh, 94 that he started. So, um, so and he was the mayor for a long time. He was the mayor for 20 years, and and that's pretty. That is pretty long, uh, and that's one of the reasons why I ran when I did because I felt like people were ready. Not not because Mayor Arthur done a thing wrong, but just people get ready for a new perspective. Sure. And so I ran. In fact, he asked me to run. And he wasn't going to run, and then he decided to run all the time. So he was in for 20 years. I've been in for six. Uh, this is the second year. I'm just finishing up my second term. So I'll have two more years in this term. And I plan to run for one more term, and we'll see if the citizens choose to have me for another term. That's the thing. We're all term limited when you think about it by the voters. Um, I would be totally fine accepting voters will on implementing term limits. If they wanted to do that, um, I'm, I'm fine with that. Uh, it's, uh, it's, the, it's The thing is this, I think especially when it goes to the national level, it shouldn't be unilateral. In other words, if Utah term limits our congressmen and women, which I don't know that we can, I think that's got to be done nationally, but you know, you wouldn't want that. You'd want to make sure that it's, it's the same. And maybe similarly in, within the state with mayors and city councils and so forth, legislators. I think if we're going to do it, we probably ought to try to do it across the board, so that you don't have, you know, uh, you know, one uh, municipality that's kind of disadvantaged because they have a new mayor every, you know, eight years and others. So, because you do have some strength and some ability, if you're a senior, you think of Owen Hatch being, you know, the senior member of the Senate, you know, and you know, what the fourth in line for the presidency. You know, hey, I, I'm pretty happy that we had that, you know, from Utah. But on the other hand, he'd been in for 42 years when he when he, when he was served. And that is a long time. I was 11 when he was elected. Wow. You know, and so anyway, I, I really think term limits are fine if the majority of uh, citizens want to do that nationally and that that could go to the local level. I have no problem with that if that's what the majority of people want. And I would say before then, until then, you know, we, we are term limited. It, it, you know, obviously the power of the incumbency is there. But it's also, you know, it, it, it's also a challenge at some point because people will say, you know, throw them all out. Yeah. And so, you know, that happens too. And so I, I, I think uh, you could 
you could, um, especially with with the way things are now and the way we vote and social media and everything, I think it's harder and people are less patient with uh, with politicians who overstay their welcome. Yeah, I will say this, and my my personal take on this is. Uh, I'm against term limits because what you said early on, you said we're all term limited. If you know, if, if there's a problem with the incumbent, uh, then it's up to the citizens to get out and vote and right. get him out of it. Right. If, if the guy's a bummer, if the guy's not, not doing what you think he should be doing, then you can create your own grassroots campaign and get him out of it. That's, that's my opinion on the topic. Did, did we have one more caller, Craig, uh, on, on hold? Yeah, she's still, yeah, still got two. Oh, we got a couple of them. Okay. Yep. Uh, let, let's let's do this. Uh, we'll, we'll just take a very short break. I want to thank Joe Shoney. Uh, Joe Shoney is a local mortgage expert serving Southern Utah for more than 25 years, uh, focusing on customer service. Averages 4.91 stars out of five stars online at social.me, socialsurvey.me. Get a hold of Joe at 435-586-0063 or email Joe, joe.shoney at nafinc.com. We'll be back in a minute. Live from the Ash House of Go-Go, here's Andy Griffith. Thank you. I'm with Mayor John Pike. Let's go right to the phone lines. Thank you for being patient during the commercial break. You're on with Andy with Mayor Pike. Thank you. Good morning. I'd like to go back to uh, the topic of uh, taxes that uh, had been discussed earlier. You know, the the problem is, and of course, Mayor, I appreciate your perspective, but it's very singular. It's, It's how taxes affect those of us. Uh, and you look at it from a city standpoint or perhaps even a little bit from the county. But, you know, the, the U.S. citizen has one pocket, and government, whether it's federal, state, county, city, uh, other taxing authorities, uh, the Water Conservancy District uh, is part of that. And, you know, the, the problem is that this collective taxation on us is really just to the point where uh, I, I don't think most people even realize how bad it is. And, uh, you know, when you consider we've got uh, federal income tax, state income tax, uh, fuel tax, uh, you know, we're taxed to death. And we just simply can't take any more taxation. I would like to know, uh, not not keeping it, uh, you know, keeping the taxation at, at the level it is, I want to have those taxes reduced and have the government shrunk so that, uh, you know, we're not being taxed to death. And I don't know that anyone has actually sat down and enumerated the multitude of taxes that we have to pay. And so maybe it's true the city hasn't raised uh, taxes, although obviously the, uh, the amount of money coming in the revenue increases almost uh, every year. Uh, I would really like to have some sensitivity from our politicians that we only have one pocket, but the octopus of taxation has multiple tentacles that are reaching into our wallet all the time, constantly. Yeah, I don't disagree with you. Um, and I think, you know, the biggest challenge with it is, is, you know, what services would you like us to cut back and that well, is, I'd love for you to. I can I can name an, a, a multitude of things I could I could name, but uh, so, we, we don't have the time on the show today. But that's, Mayor, that's what I was going to say. Is send me an email because really I'm I'm I would love to know what most people and and again it's got to be a majority, right? I mean, no, no, actually, reality is, you guys. You guys function all the time without a majority. You tell us about the agenda and, and the vision for the uh, city. How did you attain that, that vision? Did you get it from a plurality of the citizens? 
Yes, uh, sometimes. Well, you, how did you do most, that? How mostly, did you do that? Hey, would you, would, sir, would you like me to answer? We don't have a lot of time. No, we've got a minute left. Yeah, so what I would suggest is this. You elected us. If we get it wrong, you will kick us out. And that is the most powerful tool that the voters have. And, and we, believe me, we try very hard to try as on an ongoing basis to get it right. We, we try to, we have public we have public meetings uh, almost every Thursday, and, and many of those you have the opportunity to comment on uh, specific things or general, you know, things or things that aren't even on the agenda on the first Thursday of every month. And, and you know, and then, of course, you can contact us, and I would love to have you email me about, even just pick your top ten things that you'd like to see us reduce. I, I'd love to see you do that. John, J-O-N dot P-I-K-E at sgcity.org. Send me an email. I'd love to have some conversation with you. Really, I'm not. I don't want to be combative. Uh, combative at all. Just I'd love to have your ideas. 